The rain fell straight and heavy like silver gilt shawl fringe in the dusk through which they could see the river in flood. They sat on the wagon seat, huddled into their woolen blankets, watching the river as it flowed swiftly, filled with mud and silt, swollen with the rain of weeks, and carrying with it the past winter's dead leaves and the early spring's new growth. The riverbanks were several yards beyond their normal locations, and trees, which ordinarily stood aloof from the water, were now partially submerged. The rain's spattering added a treble sound to the rushing roar of the river, a sound that changed to a dull splat where the drops fell into the gluey red mud of the road, a road which led to the riverbank where the bridge was supposed to be. All that was left was the stout log support on either side, and a beam dangling into the water. Lillian Newton shivered into her blanket and tucked her chin into its folds to hide a smile. She didn't mind the cold, wet rain, unusual though it was for springtime in the South. It didn't bother her at all that the bridge was out. As a matter of fact, it amused her in a mild way, because she knew it annoyed her traveling companion, and it also held possibilities which made her shiver in suppressed excitement. "'I should have known,' said the Reverend George Bolt. The way this day has been going so far, it just had to be. Lillian smiled again without answering, knowing very well that the day, from its start at the break of a rainy, rooster-crowing dawn, through four potholes where George had to get out and push the wagon through the mud, until now, was enough to try any man's patience. George was wet from crawling in and out of the wagon without his blanket, muddy to the knees, sneezing with the onset of a fresh head cold. He was still across the river and seven miles from the church where he was supposed to begin a two-week revival that night, and he still had Farmer Newton's daughter on his hands, a young woman who had just refused to marry him, but whose company he had to endure until he could deliver her two miles across the river to her aunt. Lillian felt it was perhaps a little heartless of her to laugh at him, but it was such a comical come-down from his usual pompous assurance. To tell the truth, it wasn't all George's fault that he had been so sure she would say yes to his proposal. She placed the blame for that partially on her father's shoulders. He never wanted her to leave home, despite the fact that she was twenty-four years old, and had turned down every man who had asked her to set up a home and family of her own. She had never found a man she could talk to about books and music and stray thoughts without getting queer looks, blank looks, or don't worry your pretty little head, just come here and kiss me looks. Finally, after helping her mother raise her ten younger brothers and sisters, she had decided to accept Aunt Sarah's invitation to come and live with her. She would be a house mother to the teenage girls attending her aunt's young ladies' seminary. Aunt Sarah had feministic leanings, a trait that made Lillian's father snort with exasperation and Aunt Sarah retaliate by calling him an oppressor of the fair sex, meaning her sister and nieces. Aunt Sarah had never married, a fact Farmer Newton felt to be unnatural, the crux of her troubles, and dangerous, though he couldn't say how. Since Lillian was set on going to such a den of dangerous ideas and was well on her way to being a spinster herself— her father saw little need to be subtle. The bachelor preacher came twice a month to conduct worship services at their small church and had stayed with them overnight while conducting the Easter services on Sunday, the day before.
Her father had given him a few broad hints on availability and willingness, and prevailed upon George to escort her to her aunt's school. It had taken all of her tact and eloquence to convince the Reverend Bolt that she had no wish to be a clergyman's wife, and all her restraint to keep from laughing at the rain dripping off his nose and the mud he smeared across his forehead in his exasperation with her implacability. She was a little irritated at the denseness of his florid face, but she knew it was her father's meddling that made it so hard for him to take no for an answer— and she was even more certain that her decision to leave the farm was the right one.